Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Hey friends, I wanted to share with you something really special today for this episode. I am sharing with you a talk that I gave at a conference called The Thing. You've heard me talk about that before. Uh, it's a community that I'm a part of, of creatives and creative entrepreneurs led by my buddy, Terry Weaver. He's been on the show a few times. And I'm heading out to speak there and sketch again in about a week or so. And so as I was preparing for this new talk and thinking about the community, I was thinking back to some past messages I shared. And one in particular I wanted to bring to you today, it's about fear. I think this is always something that we can apply to wherever we are in our journey because everyone has something that is a fear that is blocking them. It's a point in their journey where they seem to be blocked. They're afraid of several different things. And honestly, it can be something that can either derail you, delay you, or not allow you to step into who you need to be for this next season of your life. And so I hope that this message around fear and around breaking through these fears, examining them, asking yourself some hard questions, encourages you greatly wherever you are today in your journey. So without further ado, here's my message from The Thing about fear. Your heart rate is rising. You feel the blood starting to drain from your face through your body. You get that hit in your stomach where it's like uncontrollable and so undeniable. It becomes all you can think about. You start sweating and your eyes widen. You're afraid. You're like totally so overwhelmed with fear that it's all you can think about. When I was a kid, there was this movie, it was like 1970-something, the movie came out, and I saw it on TV. So it wasn't like I had bad parents and they were just like letting me watch whatever, but it was one of these things that was on TV, and it was this horror movie, and it was called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, which I did the exact opposite of what the title said, right? Because in this movie, I don't think anybody's seen this movie, uh, again, you go back and look at it now, it's 70s, you're kind of like, eh, it's a little dated, whatever. But at the time, for like, you know, a six-year-old kid who's watching this movie, it's these people who move into this house, there's this fireplace that's like all boarded up with bricks and stuff, and the, and the, the wife decides one day, oh, I want to like make this nice, and she takes the bricks out, and then out comes these little like demon monkey things. <laughs> And I'm like, as a kid, I'm watching this thing and my eyes are getting wide and I'm getting panicky and I'm like, this is terrifying. But I'm not changing the channel, but it's terrifying. So much so that I actually had nightmares for years after that experience. Years. I would go to bed, I would close my eyes and I would see those damn little monkey demons coming after me. But it set a pattern for me of fear. Time after time after time. If it was 
being called on in school to read something aloud, I was like, please do not pick me. I'm gonna stumble over my words. I hate that feeling of everybody looking at me, everybody listening to me. Hello, hi, I'm the speaker right now. And I did not want that. I did not want that attention. It was all fear. When I was in the Boy Scouts, somebody took me to a Boy Scout camp where there's this sadistic thing that they had all of us go over to this area where there was this tightrope bridge basically like a piece of string that was suspended in the air between two posts, and we were told that we were supposed to walk across it. Now, then, yes, there were like kind of handles, so it was almost like a V, but we had to walk across that. I was terrified because I was so afraid of heights, and I was so afraid that I was going to like fall to my death, and people were just going to like laugh at me. But I was forced to do it, and I got across it as, as quickly as I could, but I was just still so terrified that I just never forgot that feeling of being like almost paralyzed by fear. On my 18th birthday, I was working in this fast food chicken place, and it was pretty busy. It was during the height of, of you know dinner time, and one of my coworkers was not in the kitchen, but was just around the corner, and they kept calling out to people, saying, hey, I need some help, I need some help, I need some help. And everybody was so busy, and everybody's just kind of like ignoring the guy, and they're just like, just go away, like I'm busy, I'm doing my thing. So finally, I was in a place that wasn't too far from there. So I was like, what do you want? And I round the corner, and I see this man there next to my coworker with his hand in the pocket shoved up against the guy saying, I've got a gun, I'm gonna kill him, unless you go get the money out of the register right now. And in that moment, I was trying to process what was happening before my eyes, and I turned around, and, and I had one of those moments where I felt like it was like this out-of-body thing because I was so terrified, and I was so like, I don't have a category for this. I don't know what to do with this. And I don't want to mess this up because this could literally be life or death. And so I made my way over to the front counter where the girls were working the register, and I walked up to one of them, and I, and I kind of stumbled out the words. I said, there's a guy in the back who said he's got a gun. He's going to kill our, our coworker if we don't give him all the money from the register right now. She freaks out. There starts to be a scene. The guy yells from the back in the stairs, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to shoot him. Tell her to shut up. And I just froze. What on earth am I supposed to do? And in my frozen state, one of my other coworkers grabbed the bag, got the money, went, threw it at the guy, and he ran out the door. And then the cops were called. They came in. A few days later, my dad was a, a detective in New York City, so he was kind of trying to help on the scene a little bit. And I ended up having to go identify the guy in a lineup. Not like it is in the movies, by the way. Time and time again, I had these opportunities, these, these situations arise in my life that just scared the crap out of me. That told me that there's this big, bad world out there, and I needed to kind of just cower in place. I needed to make sure I put up some parameters around me. I needed to make sure that I followed the rules, because if I didn't follow the rules, then something could go wrong, and I would find myself in a situation where I was paralyzed by fear. So most of my life, my early life, 
That's exactly what I did. I followed the rules. And being a creative person, trying to follow the rules is a very frustrating thing. I actually convinced myself that I couldn't draw. Now I know many of you, you like you've been seeing my drawings, and that's how you know me. If you if you've uh, heard me speak prior to this, you heard me talk about my uh, daily creative habit that now is eight plus years. Every single day for the past eight years, I've shown up and created something, and that's what is the fruit of what I'm doing now. But prior to that. I told myself that I could not draw because I couldn't do photorealistic style, because I wasn't as good as so many other people I saw, because a myriad of other excuses. But really at the root of it was fear. What if I'm not good enough? What if I can't make it? And this is the thing that I love, and I pour everything into it, and I fail. Where does that leave me? So it was easier for me to say, I can't do that. And I'm gonna actually go in a different direction a little bit, it's gonna be sort of related, it's gonna be graphic design, so it's still within creative field, but it's not gonna be the thing that really actually lit my heart up. And I kinda of put that on the shelf until many, many years later. Eight and a half years ago from today, in the past. That's when I took it back out. Because I was in the midst of depression and I had just enough to show up for one day, and somebody turned me on to this idea of a 365-day art-making journey, and I said, I, I don't even know that I can show up for like a few days. I can't think about 365 days when I haven't been creating anything on a regular basis, and I'm battling with depression. I took it seven days, can I do seven days? And I did that, and I started to just build slowly over time. We all have this thing that is scary, that we're afraid of. I think everybody in this room would say there is something in your way right now, that next step, that next level, that next project, that thing that you feel like, I don't know if I'm qualified for this. I don't know if anybody's gonna listen to me. I don't know if this thing's actually going to work. What if I prove the critics right? Then where does that leave me? Every single one of us has something that is standing in our way from where we want to be. The things that we're passionate about, the things that we want to see realized, but there's a monster in our way. And it's causing us to recoil, to be paralyzed by fear, or maybe to ignore it, sidestep it, and go a different direction. Maybe that's what you've been doing for a long time, is really sidestepping this because it's too uncomfortable to think about and deal with, and you've gone the safe route. You've gone a predictable and a practical route. And I'm not saying don't be, you know, don't be irresponsible and, and don't throw everything out the window, but at the same time, you can't ignore that thing that's in you that keeps saying, hey, hello, I'm here, we need to go this way, but you keep trying to go that way. And now we're just wasting time, we're wasting opportunity. There's all this fear that is weighing on us, this monster, this big monster that's in our way, and we're like, I don't know what to do with that. 
So sometimes it's easier just to not even acknowledge that it's there. I got reintroduced to this childhood book and got some advice recently. At the time, I loved the book more because of the character who was in the book, the art that was in the book, all the books that I, you know, big shock, but all the books that I related to when I was younger, they were all big, colorful. It was all the illustrations. It wasn't like, I wasn't a big reader. I was a big, like, consumer of, like, this creative work. So Grover from Sesame Street was my favorite character. I loved Super Grover. I loved any time that he came on in any kind of skit or whatever. And I had my little stuffed animal Grover as a kid. I still have him someplace. And he was the best. And Grover gave some advice a long time ago that I just missed. Somehow it, it flew by me. But years later, I came into contact with this. And good old Grover came through. And I finally got it. It finally landed on It's a book called The Monster at the End of This Book. I'm going to have Grover come and read it. I'm going to need to take this down and destroy the place. Sorry. just want to make sure it's not in the way. And um, it's, it's about six minutes long, so please try not to doze off. I get it. It's late. But hopefully Grover is entertaining enough so that he will actually help if he wants to play. We did this before, and it did work. <clears throat> you just use the laptop itself? Here we go. There. Oh, hello, everybody. Oh, what is this? The monster at the end of this Book. Huh. Starring lovable, furry, old Grover. Oh, that is me! The Monster at the End of This Book by John Storm. <laughs> Illustrated by Michael You turned the page! Oh! 
understand. You see, turning pages will bring us to the end of this book. And there is a monster at the end of this book. But this will stop you from turning pages. See? I am pages together so you can not
so embarrassed. Hey! That's been our story, many of us. We've put obstacle after obstacle after obstacle in our own way, in our own path. Because there's a monster at the end of this book. There's a monster at the end of our story, of our path, of where we want to go. There is a monster, and I'm terrified of it. But the way through is the only way. To have the courage to keep turning pages, to keep going. And at the end of the book, realizing there's no monster. I'm the monster. I'm the monster. I'm the one who's been in the way the whole time. Like, I've been realizing this more and more with things that I've been trying to step into, opportunities that come. Things that normally would have been like, I don't think so, no way, there's no way I'm gonna do that. But the more that I lean into it, the more that I say yes, the more that I say, I don't know how, but I'll figure it out, the more I adopt that mindset, the more I start to realize, I'm the monster at the end of the book. I'm the only one who's stopping my path. Can I get past myself? The mindsets that I need to change, the things that need to happen internally for me so that I can walk the path that I need to. Not just for me, but also for the people who are waiting for the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. I had a trip, it was a missions trip to Nicaragua. And we were there to drill wells and teach the village about hygiene and do puppet shows and all that kind of great stuff that goes along. Unfortunately, we never were able to hit water. And we had to leave, and there was no well for that village because of the rock and the, the, all this other stuff that was going on. But the last day, they said, you know what, we need a, a decompression day. We need a day where we can just kind of do something a little fun, do something as a team, and it's going to be great. Everyone's going to love it. And they said, we're going zip lining. And I was like, no! And like, you know, eight-year-old me again, Boy Scouts, thinking like, great. So I'm like, what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna hang out in a van and wait for them. And I'm like, I guess I'll just push myself to, you know. And they told me, they're like, well, if you do it like halfway, you can then kind of tap out and then meet us all at the end. And I was like, all right, I'll attempt to do at least that. So here I am, I'm getting all like suited up with whatever, right? They put on one of those, like, I swear, this was like the, the like a little kid's bicycle helmet or something, right? I mean, we're talking about Nicaragua. It's not necessarily like all the safety precautions and like the guardrails. No, that's not like, you know, there's no insurance waivers and what, right? It's, we're just going. So what happens is they strap me in and then they give us the instructions. They give us a work, workman's glove with like a little thing and they're like, okay, when you're going this way really fast, if you feel like you need to slow down, clamp down, but don't clamp down all the way, clamp down part of the way, and then you won't slam into the tree that's right in front of you. So people are going and I'm trying to spray and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try it. And it starts out like little, okay, I got past that one, I got past this one. Well, this other one I got up to, there I am, and I'm like, okay, this one looks a little, crazier, and I get out there, and all of a sudden, panic hits, 
And I'm like, that tree's coming pretty quick. <laughs> right? You know, and I stopped in the middle of the zip line. Something that they told you shouldn't happen. I'm freaking out. I don't really know Spanish because I failed that in high school, but I know enough to know that grande pollo is not an, uh, an encouraging <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Big chicken. So they're making fun of me from the other platform. A guy has to come out, strap himself to me, strap me like back to the, and then I had to go with him the rest of the way. To add injury to that, He's looking at me and goes, mm -hmm. he's talking to the guy. And they get me another little clamp thing or whatever. So now I got like this diaper thing on. I'm going to hoist it up on two clamp things because they're like, oh, he's a big guy. He needs more lift. So then I'm like, I want out. I want to tap out. And they're like, oh, we passed that already. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So I was like, I, I have no choice but to finish this stupid thing. I'm like, I, it's going to be a miracle if I don't like get hurt somehow or get stuck someplace. So Get to the very last one, and you know, they like to have fun. So what they do is they let the line go slack, and then they go like, woo, like that. So like you're going along and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, like that kind of thing, right? I did not enjoy that part at all, and I feel like they did that a lot for me. And when I finally got on the ground and I unhooked and I took everything off and that stupid little girl's bike so behind and I put her off to the side, I literally kissed the ground. <laughs> But then the next thing I did was I stood up and I said, I did it. I faced my fear. Will I do that again? No. <laughs> but I did it. The way that you go forward is going through. Because if you try to go around, you're ignoring and you're deflecting and you're gonna waste a lot of time and have a windy path only to end up back there to face it again at some point in the future. Trust me because that's been my story. What is that thing that you need to go through right now? That thing that is just scaring the living crap out of you that maybe you've heard this weekend so far that you know what your right next step is, but it's scary. That's the thing that you need to do. There is no monster. You're the monster. And the other thing is, this keeps going. It's about establishing a bias towards action when it comes to risk. Because fear is a creativity and idea killer. I spent many years where I did no drawing I, I didn't move into the things that I'm doing now, which I love, which are a passion. I wish I could reclaim those years. But I love sharing about that stuff and helping other people because I don't want to see people make the same mistakes that I made. I don't want people feeling like on the other side, like maybe I've peaked, my time is over. Or is this as good as it gets? I don't know. So the way forward is the only way realizing that you're the monster in your own way. Summon the courage to turn the page and then turn another page and then turn another page. 
Because I'll tell you what, if you talk to anybody here today who is like, yeah, you know what, I have, some, I have a track record of some things that I've done and, and some great opportunities, the story time and time again, and I'm sure many of you can tell me about that right now, is I kept stepping up to the situation. I kept leaning in. I didn't let fear in that instance deflect or turn me away. But I stepped up and I stepped in. We know this in other areas of our lives too. Times when we've been like, I don't know what is gonna happen. I literally don't know how I'm gonna get out of this. Maybe it's been more personal things, not business things. But you're here today. You did get through it. Maybe not unscarred, but you got through it. And you've also learned some things for your journey along the way, for yourself and for others. So keep going. Have the courage to turn the page. Keep turning pages. Pick one thing that is a very practical thing that you can do for your next step, even tonight or this weekend. If it's making that difficult phone call that you've been avoiding for a long time that you know you need to do, pick up the phone. Realize that you're the monster in the way and go forward. Send that email that needs to be sent. Have that conversation with somebody where you confess, you know what? I think I have this idea to do something that seems absolutely crazy, and that's a pivot off of what I'm doing right now, and it scares me, and I don't know the how yet, right? We talked about that, but I'm gonna lean into it. And I wanna tell you about it so that it becomes a little more real, and it's not just here, and it's not just maybe in a journal somewhere where I write and hide, but I'm being held a little more accountable for slaying the monster, for stepping into that fear. We have this, this, this makeup that says, go towards comfort, but we never learn anything when we're comfortable. Think about it. All the times in your life where you've been like, I've grown the most, it's always been when you've been most uncomfortable, when you've had to just deal with the fear and go forward. You have a track record of that to some degree already. Apply that. Learn from that. Lean into that and have the courage to turn the page. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.